Hello, welcome to episode four of Al and Fowl's Norwich City Football Club We Meet Again series, the new podcast where we look back at the history between Norwich City and our next opponents. We're recording from Fowl's, uh, Fowl's Pad in East Halston. Eastside. Very hipster. Eastside massive, yeah. Yeah, we're socially distanced, don't we, Fowl? We're yep, we completely are. COVID compliant. COVID compliant, hand sanitizers, hazmat suits, we've got a lot. Brilliant, and we're and we're ready to go. So this is um, episode four, so we're we're making good progress already. And today it's a club that's flirted with promotion on a regular basis, certainly over the last few seasons. Home recently to Frank Lampard and Wayne Rooney, who's um, player coach now, I believe. It's uh, the Rams, Derby County. Yes. Uh, a funny club, aren't they? I would argue a big club waiting to happen. They seem like a, a sleeping giant in the championship. Yeah. Is that fair? There's a few of them, isn't there, in the championship? And they're, they're certainly up there. And yeah. obviously be grouped together, aren't they? Like uh, Obviously, like Forest as well, another one, yeah. kind of from that area. And they're all knocking on the door, aren't they? Every yeah. season... They're kind of almost there. But of course, if you've got 10 sleeping giants in the championship, only three can ever go up. Yeah, but exactly. That's, that's the mathematics, isn't it? And that's the beauty of the championship, isn't it? It's an unpredictable league. But yeah, so the last couple of times we've played them, I feel we've, we, we, I feel we do fairly well against Derby on the whole. I feel we've got off without actually seeing any statistics. It yeah. feels well, like we've got a fairly good recent record. Can you, can you remember the last time? We played them. Uh, so last time we played them, or the last season we came up, I remember we drew away at theirs and we played pretty well. Yeah, I we played, remember. I'm not sure if Tim Closer got a goal, but we, yeah, we got a draw. I think they got a late equaliser oh. on that one. But then we played them at Carrow Road post-Christmas. Yeah, quite a, an eventful game, wasn't it? Um, you we, were there? I yeah, guess. we lost 3-4, didn't we? It was the, it was the floodlights failure, wasn't it? The lights out. <laughs> it was, yeah. that was the one. <laughs> um... Yeah, so they, from what I remember of the game or what I read about the game, apparently that first half was as good as it got in a in a good season in terms of quality of football. Yeah, um, the way we played. So I don't know if you you remember. And I think we took a a two nil lead in a, in at half time. Yeah, that's, that's that's exactly how I remember it. We played brilliantly first half, tore them apart. Uh, uh, ball really was uh, starting to mature, yeah. and it, we looked like a genuine. Promotion contender. Yep. Then um, was that when was that in the in the year? Was that around Christmas it was, time? It was one of the games between Boxing Day and right. New Year's. That's um, right. Yeah. So that was um, that. That sounds right. So I, I remember. Yeah. At half time, I thought we are we are a serious side here. Came back out second half. Derby improved. Yeah, and I think we we conceded two goals. Um, fairly sloppy goals, if I remember rightly. Then Pookie put us three two up, literally as the lights went out, wasn't it? It's, the time was pretty close. The lights out was it sudden or did, did they dim a bit and come no, on it, and off? Or I remember looking at some freeze frames from the Pookie goal. So that was at the Barkley end. Uh, I remember kind of looking through like the cameraman, you know, when they sit behind the goals, don't they, mm. in that sort of dugout section yeah. in front of the Barkley stand. I can remember the sort of picture of Pookie tapping the ball in and the floodlights were on in the background. And by the time the ball had entered the net, the floodlights had gone off. It was literally... Oh, was, I didn't realise it was that close. It, I'm, I'm sure it was yeah. literally the moment the ball hit the back of the net, the floodlights went off, you know. So, oh. um, so it, does... But Pookie's goal counted. Could, could there have been a, a counter-argument on that basis then if the lights went out that soon after the ball crossed the line? Uh, would Derby have had a, a case to say, well, you know, that kind of affected play? I mean, I suppose so. I don't quite know the, how 
you know, what the legalities of the footballing laws yeah. um, say about such a thing. Uh, I if think, they were clutching at straws. I, I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think the one thing was that the light which went out was the opposite end of the stadium, wasn't it? It was at the river end. Yeah. Uh, so it didn't really affect what was happening. Oh, so, so it, it was only one set of lights. It was there. one bank. Yeah, it wasn't all one, of them. Oh, right. It was one bank. But oh, okay. apparently, I don't know, it was like a 10-minute delay because you had to turn them all off and yeah. you had to have to cool down before you can put them back on again. And, and what was the uh, the atmosphere like in the upper Barclay? At that point? Well, you know what? what the murmurs. Always party time up there, isn't it? <laughs> always raucous. Uh, no, it was. We we're pleased with how we we're playing. Pleased that we kind of got back in front to really where we deserved to be during that game. Any concerns about game being abandoned and that I don't know what the repercussions of that would have been if it would I don't know the rules in terms of if it was that late whether the result would have stood yeah or whether we would have been in a situation where we had to replay the whole the whole match so this is it obviously that's a concern and uh you know what it's like in a football stadium where you've got no signal on your phone so yeah. you're furiously scrolling through twitter trying to find one of the journalists to try and give you an update on what the rules and regulations yeah. are but you can't do it because there's no signals too many people doing the same thing um yeah i mean i think there was a feeling around that's like oh we don't want we've just gone free to up here we don't want this to be called off was there no communication from the like, tannoy not really. I can't really remember, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they probably said something. Um, but I think I got most of my information from Michael Bailey via Twitter, I believe. Uh, that seems to be how my memory... He's a good source, isn't he? He knows uh, the stuff, yeah. yeah. He's a top bloke, a top, a top journalist. So he was, uh, yeah, I think that's where I got most of my information about what was happening from at the time. There was concerns about the game being called off and... Then obviously went three, four down. I was like, right now, call the game off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> changed their mind about it. So what? What was your theory when the game restarted? Was it just one of those days where Derby just came out of the block stronger? Did you sense that Norwich had been interrupted by the break and it had affected the the momentum? I guess if, if you're trying to see a game out, it's quite hard to yeah do that from a, a restart. Um, I felt that the break obviously came at the perfect time for Derby and was very well utilised by Frank Lampard. I think as, obviously, we cruised the first half 2-0 up, all of a sudden with 2-2, uh, then it got the 3-2, OK. And I think from, you know, Farker's point of view, do you stick or twist? Do you go, OK, let's go get the fourth goal, kill it off? Or do you like, OK, let's just hold on to the ball, you know? So there's decisions to be made about how you then approach the final 10 minutes or so, whatever was left. Uh, whereas from Derby's point of view, their hand is forced, isn't it? You know, they have to then, yeah. they're losing. So if you can see another goal and lose 4-2, it doesn't make any difference. But, uh, you know, their focus is, OK, we need to be positive, go and attack. And Frank Lampard obviously uh, utilised the break very well and got them up and playing. Really, they really went for it. I think Harry Wilson, was it? Yeah. Yeah, I think he was there that season. And then um, Mason Mount. Mason Mount, that's it. That's it. And I think, I can't remember if it was Wilson or Mount of score, but I think it's one of the younger lads out on loan did the damage after in that last 10 yeah. minutes. And um, yeah, so their hand was forced by the break. In fact, they were losing and they went for it. And it's that, you know, shift of momentum, isn't yeah. it? Which we talk about a lot. Yeah. And um, we talked about Derby, obviously, one of the sleeping giants. And their, their heyday really was in the, the 1970s where they won the, the league twice, uh, once under Brian Clough, where they, um, they they came out of the second division and then won the first division pretty soon afterwards. They used to play on, on the baseball ground. Their pitch was notorious for, for being a bit of a mud bath. I'm sure you've seen <laughs> images of those muddy pitches from the, the 1970s. Yeah. Um, Freshly ploughed pitches, yeah. 
Could uh, could players have coped today? Do you think? How how do you think that was a great leveller in terms of the game? And if we had pitches like that now, would the league be more competitive? Yeah, I guess so. But uh, is that what you want? I don't know, really. I mean, I'm I'm quite um, I, I like pretty football. I must admit, I'm a bit of a. If I was to pick my my all time favourite eleven, there's not been much work rate in there, but it's going to be very very pretty footballing side. So from that point of view, um, I I'm happy with how things are going these yeah. days. I think it's an improvement to the. Oh, the pictures are ridiculous, aren't they? You look at them and they're like a carpet. Yeah, they are. They're just spectacular. Even if you go to like Lowestoft Town, you know, sort of non-league sites, they're really well-maintained pitches now, yeah. relatively so. Whereas, um, but they used to say in the FA Cup that was that was one of the great levellers, wasn't it? Going away and playing on some, uh, you know, some played field. Yeah, with the ball, uh, balls around everywhere. Yeah, it makes you wonder. I don't know whether there's any regulations now, but it makes you wonder why some some clubs in the Premier League that know they're going to struggle don't just churn the, the turf up a bit. Yeah, as a as a tactic to to prevent. The, the opposition from playing. Well, I guess so, but I think I, I think the thing is um, the physicality of these players now. I think Norwich maybe fell down last season on the fact that they were a technical side but weren't actually very big. Whereas you look at kind of some of the teams now, uh, you know, like Chelsea, you know, not so much Man City, but like you know, Man United, whatever. Uh, even teams like you know. Leicester, Brighton, like they're physically quite big sides, yeah. but they're also quite technically skillful. So I'm not sure if someone like Burnley churning up the pitch is necessarily going to help them loads because yeah, they they can still probably these guys can still physically compete on yeah, these. No, I agree. I think it's a uh, yeah, it's a, it's obviously not a, not a sensible <laughs> tactic in, no. in going forward. So Derby were yeah, Derby were champions, but we actually had a a good record against them back back in those days. The year that Derby won their first Division 1 title, we won our first Division 2 title, so we played them in the top flight the following season. We beat them 1-0 on the 27th of August at Carrow Road. It was the first ever top flight win at Carrow Road. Graham Padden scored the goal. So yeah, for it to come against the champions, and our first ever top flight win was, uh, was definitely a memorable occasion. And we had a good record against Derby in those days. We there was just four defeats in twenty three games during the seventies and eighties. So yeah, I don't know whether we raised our game or or we quite enjoyed the mud bath. Yeah, <laughs> maybe so. But yeah, so definitely a club with some pedigree. But moving on to a bit later in nineteen eighty three eighty four, Derby were a club in rapid decline. So they'd gone from champions in the seventy mid seventies. They were down in Division 3 at that point. Norwich were Division 1, and we met in the FA Cup, so Division 1 Norwich versus Division 3 Derby. Uh, who do you think progressed? Well, you'd love to say <laughs> Norwich, but I assume that from the from the build-up, it was Derby. It, it was. There's been a few FA Cup runs where you think what could have been, but I'm going to put this to you and you give me your opinion, but this was some opportunity. So we'd beaten Aston Filler and Spurs, in rounds three and four. So obviously fellow Division One clubs, massive FA Cup pedigree. So to knock those two out, to be given a fifth round tie at third division Derby, two leagues below us, what an opportunity. And the fact that Derby then went on to play Plymouth in the quarterfinals. Right. And I think Plymouth beat them, but then Plymouth went on to play Watford in the semifinals. It's kind of, it's a bit like, you remember the World Cup in 2018, how England's sort of path suddenly looked very favourable. Yeah. It's almost a bit like that. We should have beaten Derby. 
we probably would have beaten Plymouth. You'd fancied us against Watford, and there you go, we got our first FA Cup final. Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, that's the tragedy of it, isn't it? It's um, for a team which built our reputation as giant killers, as Norwich did. Yeah. I don't actually remember too many exciting cup runs, really. No. This this year is probably my first ever. You know, obviously we had. I think we played Sunderland in the semi-finals in the early nineties. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm just slightly too young, believe it or not, to remember that fully. I, I was there. Yeah. What a depressing day that was. Again, Sunderland were the equivalent of the Championship. Yeah. We were the equivalent of the Premier League, and we yeah we just didn't turn up. Yeah, uh, so that's the thing. So, yeah, you look back at it and think, yeah, that's an opportunity. Because for a club of the size of Norwich, um, however you view size, and the relative success we've had, we, we haven't we haven't got enough honours, have we? No, and I I think I, I was looking at this point in one of the later episodes, but I had to look at the, all the teams in the Premier League and Championship and identified how many clubs had never made an FA Cup final. And I think it was four or five yeah. out of, what, 48. yeah. It was Swansea, Redden, Brentford, uh, I think one other off the top of my head, yeah. and Norwich. And when you put look at that in that context, yeah, it's you know, and it's opportunities like that, isn't it? And this is it. And it obviously, you know, in recent history, there's been. I mean, obviously, Wigan won it, didn't they? Beat Man City not too long ago. Uh, obviously, Millwall were there. Not but this is even to ago. get to a final. This is not it. Not necessarily winning it. This is to actually play in it. Well, this is final. it. You know, I mean, so the opportunities are still there. And I mean, I know the FA Cup has somehow been diminished, but what a day out that would be, wouldn't yeah. it? Like, even if we lost, like, what a day out that would exactly. be. Exactly. Yeah, it would be up there with, with anything that the club's experienced. The winning goal was scored by Archie Gemmell. I don't know if you've heard of him. Do you remember, yes. Have you ever seen a famous goal for Scotland against Holland in the 1978 yeah, World yeah. Cup where he kind of beat a couple of players and then dinked it over. And he actually played in Derby's championship winning side back in the 70s. He was coming to the end of, end of his career yeah. at that point. But yeah, he scored the winner. And uh, yeah, we crashed out. Moving on to, this is going to test you, a club record sign-in that I would probably put a bet on that you've never heard of. We've never played Derby in the Premier League. The last top flight meeting was in the old Division 1 in February 1991. Okay. Uh, finished 0-0. In the summer of 1990-1991, so in the pre-season, we broke our transfer record signing a central defender from Derby. I'm going to throw it out to you. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not particularly hopeful you're going to guess this. Yeah, so we bought uh, at that at that time. It was our, our club record signing. I haven't got a clue. If I haven't, if you don't think I'd heard of him, I can't think of it could be if it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, well, it was Paul Blades. Okay, yeah, I haven't yeah. heard of him. Yeah, this this might be a bit more achievable. Can you guess what the fee was? Early nineties. Oh, yeah, so it's nineteen ninety ninety one. So I reckon something like eight hundred thousand. Oh, impressive! Oh, yeah, seven hundred thousand. Okay, we spent on Paul Blades. So, yep, yeah, club record signing. I don't think you'll be alone in struggling to recall that name. I'd be yeah. interested if you asked a, um, you know, a sample of Norwich fans outside Carrow Road. I'd be surprised if anyone yeah. recalled. And the reason, the reason being is that he, he never settled. It was a real strange one in that we bought John Polston a week later. He obviously slotted into the defence and yeah. became a regular. The season before, only four teams had conceded less goals than us. We had a... A, a really good defence, um, as that stat points to, and a real consistent back four or back five, including Brian Gunn. 
So it's a bit of an odd signing, and and it never worked out. He he excelled at Derby, hence why he commanded that fee. I think he made forty odd appearances before we moved him on to Wolves. Sometimes these transfers happen. We talked about it before, haven't we? How the transfer market is all right. There's a lot of research and a lot of scouting that goes on, but at the end of the day, you can never quite sure who's going to succeed and who isn't. Yeah. Um, and he was one that, yeah, it, it never happened. But actually, when he went to Wolves, he was quite successful there. It's funny, isn't it, how sometimes players just don't work out. And obviously, in recent history, we've had, you know, quite a few of those. So, like, Naismith springs to mind, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Van Wolfswinkel. Oh, yeah. Who would love to have seen in a, in a Farker team. I think it would have yeah. gone better there. But, um, yeah, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. And you do get players that turn up and just, just for whatever reason, doesn't work out and go yeah. somewhere else and look great. So, you can never quite tell. And uh, a couple of other sort of transfer links between uh, Norwich and Derby. So a couple of strikers. We had um, Ashley Ward. Do you remember him? I do indeed, yeah. Uh, he got sold for big money to Derby. It was during those sort of dark days, recently disillusioned support against uh, the chairman, Robert Chase. Okay. We were selling every player we could, left, right and centre. And yeah, he was an, he was yet another big name that got cashed in. And then uh, Rob Earnshaw. Do you yeah. remember we sold him to Derby? There was a clause in his um, in his contract. Derby obviously spotted and, and utilised. So was that... Yeah, I remember that. I remember him going and... Uh, a very good player for us, Robin, sure, to be fair. Um, did he... Was that then part of the Derby team, which became uh, the worst ever Premier League I've, side? I was thinking that, and it's it's around that time, isn't it? Yeah. He could well have been... In, I, I find it hard to believe that a team with... Robbie Earnshaw up front would be quite that bad. That's the only thing that's making me think it wasn't. Yeah, because he was a genuinely yeah, good yeah, striker. Exactly. He would have. You would have thought he would have scored enough goals to earn enough points for them. Okay, not to stay up. Yeah, not to be. I that, think not eighteen points or something, something silly like it's that. It's less than that. Norwich got twenty-one points. Yeah. Last season, and that was the sixth worst. Okay. And I know Huddersfield got sixteen points, and that was the third. Okay. Lowest, so it's oh, it's obviously yeah. yeah so it's yeah, it's only um, marginally over double figures. One. So it would have been around that time. It must have been that season because he he went to Derby when they were in the Premier League. Yeah, and I think they were only in the Premier League for that one. Yeah, when they had um, Robbie Savage in midfield, didn't yeah. they? Yes, yeah. um, Robbie Savage played in this game, and this one you're going to recall with a smile on your face. It's it's the most famous game we've played against Derby. Um, I'll give you the date: the 25th of April, 2011. Remember it well. I was um, there. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you, you talk me through the the game. I, I'll be interested to hear about the goal and onwards, how that was celebrated and the, the reaction and the whole feeling yeah. inside Carrow Road. So as I recall it, uh, we won three two, didn't we? We did. That was the score. I'm trying to remember what the score. It was, was. Um, Simone Jackson scored a hat trick. Uh, oh that yeah, day. that's right. I'm trying yeah. to think who the other. I, I knew that he scored. Yeah, that's right. He did score a hat trick because they completed his hat trick. I, I can't remember one of the goals. I remember one did of he, them. Um, wasn't the second one? He he lobbed the keeper. Yeah, yeah. A really a really tiny little chip. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember if it was two 0 up or two one up. But I, I think if it was two one up, if I remember rightly, yeah. I remember thinking it's one of those games where basically a second or third. If we depending on where we finish. Yeah. Uh, sorry, depending on the result of the game. And I remember it being a fairly routine home game. Uh, yeah, I think Derby were 
mid-table, weren't they? And not really going anywhere. Yeah. But they kept pegging us back. It's kind of one of, we kind of conceded, I don't know, sort of soft or fortunate to write turn of phrase it's, for their game. It's the classic, they're under no pressure. End, yeah. of, end of the season, you know, they, they can enjoy it, can't they? And they did, yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember Robbie Savage for in what must have been one of his last games for Derby. Yeah. Um, well, one of his last games as a professional footballer. I remember him being substituted at 2-2 and pulling out all the stops, all, all the tricks, you know, the time-wasting, yeah. like the, the the walking pace run, yeah. you know, turn and clap the fans, you know, yeah. then, then the referee goes, hurry up, mate, and it's like, yeah, back to that walking pace run, stops again, gives a cloud, yeah. another, another clap. And Textbook stuff, to be yeah. fair, isn't it? And yeah. ultimately, he paid for it. They paid for the, the time-wasting because of the, what can only be described as an absolute world-class finish. It was yeah. a, Talk me through the goal. So Can you remember it? I can, yeah. So it was a corner. I can't remember who took it, but it wasn't a particularly good corner. It's from the snake pit side, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, I think Wes Houlihan tried a little kind of like back heel flick, which he sort of missed. Yeah. If I remember rightly. It bounced through to Russell Martin. Yeah, on the edge the edge of the opposite side of the penalty box. That's the one. Yeah. He rifled it nowhere near the goal and it just sort of hit. Jackson and went in. Yeah, about two yards out. That's the one, yeah. It was one of those ones that I don't think Jackson knew too much about it. And it yeah. was a typical, I felt it was a typical goal from a team at the top of the league who were just piling pressure on. And something, when you've got that belief and momentum behind yeah. you, like Man United did, did it for years, didn't they? Just something happened. Well, we did end. it a lot in that season under Lambert, didn't we? There was a, yeah. There was a lot of late winners or a lot of late goals. What a season. Millwall at home, remember that one particularly. Yeah, that's true. I think against Bristol City maybe as well. We had yeah. a late showing against them. But yeah, I remember so that goal, Jackson going in. Um, and to be fair, I didn't even really see it go in because I'm up at Barkley about five rows from the front. But even still, that was quite in the goal mouth. lot yeah. going on. Just saw the ball kind of hitting and it was just pandemonium. It yeah. was literally people like hugging each other, high fives. Yeah. People like I'd sat aside in my season ticket for a couple of seasons who I'd never really spoken much to other than said hi. We're like... Hugging each other and yeah. stuff. It was. Could do that now, could you? No, no, no. Yeah, no. yeah I couldn't reach him. Maybe like you know, uh, three rows away. Was that the most intensely celebrated goal at Carrow? Did you say? Um, that was up there with the Man City game from this season. Yeah, yeah. I think the Man City game, which we experienced together, yeah. didn't we? When a yeah. few we got to sit beside with each other. I think that was yeah. That was like it was that level of absolute yeah pandemonium. I suppose the difference was this one and the Man City one was the lateness of the goal. Yeah. And the consequences of the goal. Yeah, so exactly. To different circumstances, lateness and importance. So I think you can't underestimate how important it was. So I think that goal put us second going into the final game. So it put yeah, final two games into wasn't our it? hands, didn't it? Basically. So it was just Cardiff behind us, wasn't it? Yeah. And QPR ahead of us. Yeah. With Colin in charge yes. of QPR. Yeah. Because keep that if if we hadn't have won that game, QPR would have been promoted there and then. So yeah. they were literally celebrating, weren't they? And Cardiff would have been in the driver's seat. They would have been second, yeah. With a home game to Middlesbrough to uh, to come. Exactly. Um, yeah. And we were away at Portsmouth, weren't yeah. we, for the next yeah. game. Uh because ironically we went away we went away to Swansea that year, didn't we? We did, yeah. And we yeah. qualified for Portsmouth away tickets by going to Swansea. Yeah. But at the time, we didn't realise what a big deal it was going no. to be. So we're like, oh, well, we'll see what happens. It's bank holiday, family stuff, whatever. Now we're like, oh, why, why didn't we get tickets? But yeah, that was um, that, that was a real, you know, it really maintained the momentum and that yeah. kind of end of season push we had. Spectacular. Yeah. It will live forever, I think, in memories of anyone who, who was there. 
maybe a good opportunity to have a, a brief word about Simone Jackson. I, I, yeah, a good player, wasn't he? He he always he never let the club down. Scored a fair share of goals, and he also featured in the the Premier League, didn't he? The following season. Yeah, he um, did all right. Did all right. Um, obviously, Grant Holt was the main man at the yeah. time. Uh, as obviously right in the middle of Grant Holt's uh, prime for Norwich City in yeah. the prime of his career. So Simon Jackson knew that he was going to be second fiddle to him. Um, but yeah, that second half of that championship season, he yeah. scored a lot of important goals, didn't he? He did, yeah, in, in the running. And, you know, I think as was highlighted last season in particular, you need, you can't put all the goals burden on one one man's shoulders, however good he may be. So you have to have someone who can step up. And I mean, to score a hat-trick in that game, that um, importance uh, says a lot. I guess final comments on Derby. Wayne Rooney's there now. They they certainly finished strongly at the end of last season. They're going to be up up there, aren't they? This this year, and um, I, I guess that brings us on to uh, what you think the score's going to be. Yeah, I mean that's a tough one. This I mean, is a, I think this is a way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, because Derby, they're always a good side, uh, always a strong championship side, a team which has been knocking on the door for promotion without actually really getting there. Yeah. Um, I felt that, I didn't really see them much this season, but last season I did see Frank Lampard's Derby in the playoffs against Leeds. Just think yeah. the squad's slightly small, isn't it? I, I felt at the time. Yeah. They had a very good sort of like starting eleven, but a bit thin when getting beyond that. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, if it's a wet derby, you're going to take a point, aren't you? Before yeah. that, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go one one. One dot one, and I'm going to go. I think we're going to lose. I think it's going to be one of those three nil away days. Oh, okay. So yeah. So sorry to finish. Oh, finish this one on a on a negative note. Quite deflated now. Yeah, we'll be back soon for for episode five. So thank you, and um, we'll we'll speak soon. Thanks. Cheers. Bye.